Breath Ann Arbor as the bar gets set. Place is down, kick is up. It's long enough. It's good! It's good! Michigan wins the game! Michigan shocks Washington, and the Wolverines are victorious! But a lot, of, a lot of the policies that they have taken and, and been enacted, though, a lot of times, though, have been uh, basically to save the taxpayers of Michigan uh, money, basically, though. Is that, is, that the, is that correct? No, to help people. To help. Did anybody slip through the cracks in this, though? I mean, do you no, think... I don't. Well, no, it's hard. I mean, these families, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, it's not easy to get on welfare, either. Yes. yes. I'm yes. up with mom, and mom and dad are going through here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go through that. Mm-hmm. I better study. Mm-hmm. I better not get pregnant. I better work hard. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing is a, uh, a system today that's just helping a lot more people. And the professionals in the field mm-hmm. are, are really rejoicing over their ability to help more folks. John Engler, and you're listening to WCBN-FM. Hello? One more time? Yeah. If he treated his own children like he treats the children of this state, mm-hmm. he'd be in jail for child abuse. That's fine. One more time. This is Governor John Engler. You're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Well, uh, good evening and <clears throat> welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. Well, John Boehner isn't a scientist. Mitch McConnell isn't a scientist. But I thought it was a pretty good week for science last week. Uh, global warming agreement in uh, Asia. I, I mean, it's a bilateral agreement. And, of course, it was immediately denounced by Mitch McConnell, the Prince of Coal. We'll give him a brain damage award for not even looking at any of the details. But, uh, you know, this is, this is uh, the way we have to go. And I regret that I didn't bring in my little chart of the de- uh, specific details about China and the United States, but they do account for about 45% of greenhouse gases. So they need to set an example. They need to go green. And I thought that was one big development. And of course, very exciting about this comet and the uh, the probe uh, that uh, bounced around for a while. Philae, I guess it's, uh, it's kind of an odd name, but... <laughs> I'm sure it's Greek, but uh, that might be the most exciting thing going on with space exploration. And, of course, this was the European Space Agency. Uh, purpose of the mission, of course, is to examine the uh, the gases and the elements on the comet and speculate about the theories of life on Earth. So we'll see what happens. I understand that they are starting to get some data back. Uh, this little thing got bounced around up there because the gravity was so low that it uh, hit 
and it bounced and it floated and then it bounced it skipping again. and skimming through space and i don't know if marvin the martian like was a up, stone. up there but he probably got really angry making me very angry well uh yeah the war on coal we uh heard more about that last week on national public radio there is no war on coal there's a Seems to be a deficiency of regulations, and of course, a top executive from Massey Energy was uh, indicted uh, over the weekend on criminal charges in which 29 coal miners died. But I thought some of the reports on National Public Radio last week were very interesting, showing how lax uh, safety regulations are being enforced in the state of Kentucky and I'm just kind of wondering where on earth that reporting was before the election. <laughs> Indeed, <clears throat> Prince, uh, the the Prince of Prince of Coal is uh, continuing to mislead the public about coal, and coal is still a very important mix uh, in the energy production arena here in the United States, uh, particularly in the Midwestern states, and. Uh, States like Michigan. So coal isn't going to go away, but we certainly need to reduce its uh, mix in the production of electricity and go more in a renewable direction. Michigan is foolish to not uh, get increasingly involved in developing uh, of wind power. Yeah, and tonight's uh, a good example. Uniquely positioned, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the longest single coastline of, uh, that any single state enjoys in the entire country, uh, certainly, uh, many times over. Uh, there are ample opportunities for the development of wind power here in Michigan. Um, the other bizarre and annoying thing about the so-called war on coal is... My goodness, uh, what a tired prefix that has become, the war on. It's like the, the complete lack of imagination to, we're, they're having a war on coal. Well, we'll hear in another uh, couple of days some right-wing pundit uh, decrying their annual, the liberal media has a war on Christmas. Again. Or Mitch McConnell <laughs> might call for, uh, you know, oh, well, uh, people are declaring a war on whaling. Um, and let's not forget, of course, the perhaps most stupid of them all, the war on drugs, which still continues, uh, although now that more and more states are moving to medical marijuana laws or even full tilt legalization for recreational purposes, we still have this federal uh, superstructure of the war on drugs, which, of course, has its origins in the tricky dick days, uh, Clearly, here's one war that can be taken off the books. Yeah, and that never worked. Always costly. Just absurd. Of course, it was revived by Reagan, and it's yes. interesting how Nixon and Reagan played uh, big roles in the immigration, uh, the development of immigration, because that's going to be a hot button issue big, for the next yeah. couple of weeks. Uh, don't Maybe believe even a year. <laughs> well, yeah, it might last forever. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, Obama announcing that he's going to issue executive orders in that area. But the immigration debate continues to be very frustrating um, because facts are facts. The, the Senate passed a bill 
that Obama said he would sign a couple of years ago, and John Boehner uh, is obstructing that. Uh, by the way, there's supposedly going to be a scheduled vote on the Keystone Pipeline tomorrow in the Senate. The uh, House of Representatives has passed a Keystone Pipeline for the 10th time or the 12th time or something like that. And I think that some of the facts on the ground have changed immensely over the last couple of years regarding Keystone. I don't believe, by the way, that America, by not building the pipeline, would halt global warming or have anything to do with global warming. Canada is going to export this ghastly material regardless. It's just a question of where is the pipeline going to be built and that would probably force Canada to uh, build their own pipeline uh, to uh, British Columbia, through British Columbia and to the Pacific Ocean in that direction. But uh, look, we're already importing oil from Canada, as we've discovered here in the state of Michigan. And uh, I just hope that the, the debate remains factual regarding you know the number of jobs that are going to be created, which will be minimal. And whether or not America wants to participate in this uh, god-awful uh, situation with the Alberta tar sands. A couple of years ago at the Michigan, at the uh, Ann Arbor Film Festival, there was a very good documentary called Petropolis. And I remember this website. You can might be able to find a copy of this movie. It's about 45 minutes long because it's just basically petropolis.ca mm -hmm. for Canada. It was a Canadian movie, and it showed from the air. It's what, basically just an extensive flyover. Yeah, it was a very, you know, it's a slow-moving documentary with spectacular uh, visuals regarding what this complex looks like, the pollution that it's causing. It's the size of Vermont. It is deleteriously already affected the watershed. It's one of the largest watersheds in the world. Canada should be ashamed of itself for even permitting this nonsense to continue. Um, and I, that would put an end to the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, but I don't know why America wants to pump toxic oil, which this is heavy, heavy oil. It requires a lot of refining. And uh, where the... Uh, Oil is going to end up as anybody's guess. Yeah, what makes this stuff economically viable to pump out and process in the first place is, you know, the rate, the high cost of, of oil due to political instability and other factors. So it's a perfect example of why the oil economy is doomed. In the why long there run, there is yeah. no future. And, of course, the high price of oil makes this not an efficient uh, producer of oil because this isn't really oil. This is... <laughs> Splurg. It's basically sludge yep. that they're extracting the hydrocarbons from It utilizes <laughs> thousands of millions of gallons of, of previously clean water. And this uh, documentary, Petropolis.ca, if you can find it on YouTube, uh, I think it was uh, made in Toronto, uh, Canada. I seem to kind of vaguely remember that, that the director was from Toronto. Um, shows how what this looks like from above, and it's incredible. It's got an element of Koyaanisqatsi to it. Mm -hmm. You get to see the trucks. You get to see all of the 
uh, global warming that's going on in the production of this uh, it's like stuff. It, it, it makes it look like a big festering wound being poked, prodded, and probed yeah. by uh, some sort of viral entity on the face of the earth. Which is pretty much exactly what it is. Yeah, and it's of course affecting uh, indigenous people in Canada. And the, the the real reason for America to turn it down really doesn't have much to do with global warming, in my opinion, because I just think that's moot. As I say, the Canadians will build their own pipeline if that's what they so choose. But it's it's the moral participation in this monstrous production of unnecessary oil. Uh, the United States is obviously having its own oil boom, though we still need to import oil to fulfill our daily consumption requirements. And the plan of, you know, sending it through sensitive environmental areas in uh, Nebraska and whatnot, um, you know, these, these wetlands, so to speak, um, I, I, it's just not worth it. It's almost a moral issue. It's almost we have to make a stand. Let's do the right thing, and Obama should just veto this bill. And by the way, it's not going to save Mary Landrew's job. <laughs> that, 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 that's ridiculous. Uh, she's going to fall on her own sword probably because, uh, let, let's face facts, uh, the, the rebuilding of New Orleans never went full force, and a lot of the people that lived there had to evacuate New Orleans permanently. And, and have never have gone back. Never gone back. Yep. Uh, I mean, the census data is quite clear that quite a lot of people moved to Atlanta and Houston and Baton Rouge. And <laughs> um, this has affected the demographics of Louisiana uh, to the benefit of the uh, white Republican Party that's uh, dominating in the South. And I don't think Mary Landrieu, you know, they're going to let her make a stand on this. But I, I I, just can't see this being a decisive issue in the uh, runoff in the state of Louisiana that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Silliness. Um, so, uh, you know, because it's crossing international borders, the State Department still has to write off on this. So... Uh, I don't really care if Congress passes this bill, but uh, Obama should veto it. <laughs> and uh, Indeed, why not? And, you know, America needs to go more renewable as, as much as possible. And it's sad that, that uh, renewable is not a bigger uh, mix of our energy um, totals in terms of BTU production. But it is growing. Uh, the economic efficacy of solar has improved. And one of the bad downsides of oil prices going down is that Americans tend to then buy bigger cars and more less fuel-efficient cars. But the automobile industry has adopted a little bit. There is improved technology. You have Ford Motor Company, for instance, uh, unveiling an all-aluminum a uh, full-sized pickup truck that weighs 700 pounds less than the steel variety. These are negligible contri contributors to uh, reducing fossil fuels, but they help. They're better than nothing. Something is better than nothing. And uh, I just hope over the next couple of weeks we get more exploration of the actual obstructionism that's been going on mm. by the... Uh, 
John Boehner and Mitch McConnell so that the truth is actually told about who's preventing uh, things from happening. Um, uh, you know, the Keystone Pipeline is just one more kind of hot-button issue that uh, a lot of slogans are thrown around. I don't think it creates that many jobs. It does, of course, create some jobs in the short term, but uh, other than cleaning up uh, the oil spills, I don't know how it creates jobs. <laughs> and I and I do see that it would be uh, environmental uh, environmentally destructive to a lot of areas, and I just think that the United States should put its foot down here. So we'll see what happens. Well, speaking of uh, motor vehicles and uh, the life's blood of the American economy, I want to just mention real briefly here, almost like a public service announcement, now that we're coming into the snowing and blowing season where you've got those... Oh, yeah. Lake vi effect. Visually distracting, <laughs> you know, but lovely uh, flurry effects to, you know, varying degrees. Uh, but even when it's not coming down heavily... Uh, it's even more important to pay attention when you're on the highways. I was coming back from Detroit last night, and uh, it was like a five-car collision involving three cars, a truck, and uh, perhaps just a, another truck pulled over. But uh, probably a distraction. You know, a little bit of slipperiness last night. But the, the thing that I'm really noticing uh, as I'm on the highways a couple times a week is People, when I was a kid learning how to drive back in the 70s, you never passed on the right. You were always told, don't pass on the right. It's the death move is what one you know, mm -hmm. driver's ed teacher told us. Uh, but there are so many people who get into that left lane and just sit there that you are compelled to pass on the right. So whether it's driving training programs or the distractibility of today's modern driver with CD players, cell phones, and text messages, beverages, and <laughs> For all manner sakes. of distractions. <laughs> uh, yeah, without even taking into the actual <laughs> composition of a written document while driving, uh, you just can't linger in that left lane. It's a passing lane, and you shouldn't pass on the right. You're going to kill somebody. Well, and or I get yourself killed. And I wish that with the three-lane freeways, people would adhere to the kind of the common sense of how to how to drive. Like Sticking the center lane, lane should be for going the speed limit. Yep. You're pretty much going the speed limit. You're not going slower. You're not going faster. Need to pull off on the next exit. You're starting to slow down. That's what that right yeah, lane is Yeah, and for. let the hot dogs pass on the left. Let the speeders pass on the left. Uh, there's, by the way, there's much more enforcement on 94 than there used to be. Uh, just Certain as a, stretches for sure. As a cab driver that's worked in the area for over 20 years, uh, <laughs> 94 used to be <laughs> the Indianapolis 500 at times. <laughs> there were cars going 90. Oh yeah, easily. And there are some stretches in Detroit, <laughs> like well, 696, that, yeah. which is a really well-built road. And people are tempted with that uh, sort of pristine con uh, concrete to uh, drive uh, very fast on 696 in some spots. After all, they uh, used to hold the Grand Prix on 696. Yeah, briefly. So the roads are uh, well designed on 696. It is great infrastructure. But a couple of other items. If you can't see the concrete, <laughs> uh, that's a... a, a, a <laughs> Telltale sign to slow down a bit. Uh, it's always amazing to me how many accidents there are on the first day of snow. 
Very uh, true. I was listening to public radio, I think, on Thursday, and there were three or four interstates that were shut down on the western part of the state of Michigan because people probably forgot how to drive in the snow. Uh, you know, beware of the ramps. You know, ramps are slippery. And another thing, and this is just my contribution to science, <laughs> torque. <laughs> Remember that when you cross bridges where it ices up on those metal brackets, so to speak, or uh, when you go under bridges even, take your foot off the accelerator because you are eliminating the torque at that point. You're gliding, literally. Your wheels are going to stay in motion within the plane that they're in. And you have the spin-outs when you're on the accelerator or on the brake. That's when you're the torque of your wheel start to fishtail a bit. is going to change. You're, you know, the, the concept of braking in the snow. You don't want to be braking. As, you want to brake as little as possible. You want to be coasting to a stop if you can. Uh, because you cannot see under the snow. You don't know what's there. And if you can't see dry pavement, because, you know, very often with flurries, the snow does kind of blow around. It doesn't look that bad, and you're on the freeway, and cars are going the usual speed limit, but then you get to the ramp. Well, that's, once again, the laws of physics. People have to brake. That creates melting, which then freezes up. 30 degrees is the absolute worst temperature to be driving in the winter for that very reason. It's called regulation. It's a gas changing to a liquid that Jim mm -hmm. then changes back to a solid because... The pressure on the tires, and by the way, every time you uh, apply your brakes to your automobile, you are contributing to global warming just very slightly. <laughs> it's called friction. <laughs> but I don't want to get into the minutia of the measurements there and make you feel guilty. But I do want to point out that driving in the winter, you know, take a little extra time. Uh, you're... <laughs> You're not going to get there that much faster by right. going by, by driving a lot faster. Do the math, you know, figure it out. If you got to go downtown Detroit, it's you know it's 45 miles away, and if you go 10 miles an hour faster, you're really only going to save a minute or two when it's all said and done. It isn't worth it. Slow down and have a care, and uh, don't text and drive. <laughs> That is an absolute no-no because uh, you are traveling at a rather rapid rate of speed on the freeway, and one or two seconds can make all the difference in all cases involving car accidents. And don't tailgate either. Anyway. Public service announcements <laughs> yeah. from uh, us here on Gray Matters for WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And, of course, it is odd that we're having this uh, cold blast of winter a little prematurely, but uh, once again, this goes back to climate change. <laughs> uh, there was a snow, there was a storm in the Pacific that ended up going up into the Aleutian Islands near Alaska. This pushed the cold weather down in to the center of the United States, the heartland. And it's been cold in Oklahoma and Texas uh, the last couple of days. So don't buy into this global warming slogan. Think about climate change and how the uh, jet stream affects weather in the United States in the winter. Uh, another, uh, well, I'll just give out a brain damage award. I noticed that uh, rather than... Uh, uh, 
pass any bills fixing Michigan's road, we have a grandiose plan to change the Electoral College here. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I mean, this this senator, uh, I, I believe it's a state senator, that's claiming that this will increase presidential visits to the state of Michigan is uh, kind of absurd. State of Michigan is gerrymandered quite effectively. If anything, it will reduce <laughs> trips to the state of Michigan. And, of course, the Republicans currently enjoy a advantage uh, in this uh, so-called scheme to change the Electoral College. But uh, Michigan is, you know, enough of at least a toss-up state by political experts to be in play, um, even though it has voted Democratic uh, in quite a number of elections in a row now. Uh, but uh, I don't understand why you would want to change the Electoral College for the state of Michigan and why, and, and Rick Snyder, to his credit, has actually sort of downplayed this, uh, the urgency of this. This is, you know, always be aware of some of this activity going on in the lame duck session of Congresses. <laughs> well, isn't there a talk afoot to raise the uh, tax on gas? Well, there should be, uh, to, you know, to deal with the road, the road problem. That's where it should be paid for. That's what... Needs to happen. Uh, but uh, whether that's going forward or not, I don't know. Republicans are so averse to raising taxes. That'll affect the trucking industry. It's a war on trucking. Yeah, it's uh, and, and it's the reality of of uh, of their actual job, you know, passing budgets and dealing with the fiscal issues of uh, both the United States localities or, or um States, you know, it was interesting to see that a number of localities here in the state of Michigan passed local millages to pay for road uh, repair, knowing full well that the uh, Michigan State Legislature has not acted on any of this for quite some time. It's too bad the University of Michigan can't throw down a little uh, money from the athletic department to help fix that stretch of road between stadium and the nice new bridge there. In front of that big money maker. Yeah. Called the big house. Oh, well. And, of course, uh, one, one, I, one would hope that over the next couple of weeks we might have more historical examination of this new uh, confrontation that seems to be building between Obama and uh, the leaders in Congress. I thought that it was fascinating that... John Boehner, who has obstructed the immigration bill from going forward to a vote uh, for the last several years, immediately said that if Obama does that, it will poison the well. And I was like, well, you've already peed in it. I don't know how much <laughs> more poison how the much? well can get. <laughs> I was going like, to say, is there any water left in there? <laughs> like what? You know, what, 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 what's, the, what's the beef here? You're the one that's been obstructing the bill going forward because you have this idiotic idea that you have to have a majority of your caucus to approve a, you know, the, the actual vote on a bill. Well, sir, you're Speaker of the House, not leader of the Republican caucus, which is how you've been behaving for the last several years. Uh, the government shutdown, by the way, a couple of years ago cost the federal treasury quite an amazing amount of money. I, I, you know, I've seen different statistics on it, but I've even seen numbers like a trillion dollars. <laughs> um, and it was done so uh, blithely and sort of 
mean-spiritedly gleefully. Yeah. <laughs> We're shutting it down. <laughs> well, and and ignorantly. Like, it just, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't even give the United States credit. You know, they use this bizarre phrase, American exceptionalism, all the time. Uh, and, of course, America is very exceptional for a variety of reasons. What a relief to see that Dumb and Dumber 2 was the leading movie maker over the weekend. <laughs> Good grief. That's <laughs> uh, not a movie I'm going to go to. But, well, uh, at least I'll, I'll give Jeff Daniels credit for uh, remaining a Michigan resident. Yeah. So. I like Jeff Daniels. He's, he's making good money off of that pretty pretty awful uh, piece of film. He probably but, uh, couldn't turn down the money, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. This is a strange item from South Africa. I always love these bizarre things. It says a South African ventriloquist said Monday, this is from the AP last week, that he would challenge a court order intended to silence his puppet. The ventriloquist, Conrad Koch, denied allegations that the messages from the Twitter account of the puppet criticizing Stever, Stephen Hoffmeyer amounted to hate speech. Mr. Hoffmeyer said that the posts ex accused him of racism with regard to some of his own social media messages. He obtained a court order barring Mr. Koch and his puppet, Chester Missing, from making any statements about him in public or on social media. Well, that's a war on free speech for puppets. <laughs> we got a war on puppets. <laughs> and there still are no scientists in the house. Well, you have been listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Fortunately, we have an engineer in the house. So we would like to thank Michael. Uh, Michael. <laughs> Andrew for engineering. Yeah, I think Jerry's already down the hall. I heard him walk past the door a moment ago. So Yazoo City Calling will be coming up next. I'll whip out one last quick brain damage award from me. You may have time for another nope. as well. Um, for any member of the Episcopal Church of Michigan who is in dissent with the official church uh, policy, they have called for stiffer gun control laws, and that's causing some dissension in the church. Apparently... Some people go to church because they've forgotten all about everything that Jesus said about turning the other cheek and being nonviolent. So anybody who wants to bring a gun to church, stay home. Get a different religion. Yeah. It's, it ain't Christianity if you got a gun. Not at all. I don't know why guns need to be in any churches. That is uh, ridiculous. Oh, well, I guess we have uh, have to... One more minute, I guess, is what we're being told. It's it's always uh, difficult when the uh, time changes because we have different clocks down here. Um, I am going to uh, humorously mention one more item about coal, and I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, but let's just put this down in the spirit of the war on coal. <laughs> <clears throat> this is from Maryland, dated uh, August 24th says, two college students suffocated Tuesday when coal from a derailed freight train buried them. The police spokesman said Thursday, the bodies of, and I won't mention their names, both 19 were found under the coal, 
but still seated at the edge of the railroad bridge in Elliott City, the police have said. An autopsy found that the women had not been hit by the train, but died from accidental asphyxiation, according to uh, Sherry uh, Llewellyn, spokesman for the Howard County Police. Well, I don't know what they were doing on the train bridge. Uh, It's a dangerous place to be sitting, but obviously they lost 